European Heart Journal Issue at a Glance, Volume 41, Issue 22, Focus Issue, COVID-19 and CVD, Second, by Editor-in-Chief Professor Thomas Lucia, read to you by Morgan Bryan. The saga continues. Is COVID-19 a cardiopulmonary disease? Since last November, almost 5.5 million confirmed COVID-19 infections and 350,000 deaths have been reported. As evidence is mounting, it has become clear that while COVID-19 initially affects the airways and lungs, the inflammatory storm occurring later during the infection also involves the cardiovascular system and leads to venous thrombosis, pulmonary embolism, heart blocks, myocardial infarction, as well as myocarditis and heart failure. Furthermore, any cardiac condition seems to represent a major risk factor for an unfavourable outcome of a COVID-19 infection. Finally, and less apparent initially, the lockdown in all affected countries produced extensive collateral damage, as patients were afraid to visit hospitals for acute cardiac conditions and deprived of necessary care as outpatients and elective inpatient services had been cancelled. This second focus issue on COVID-19 and cardiovascular disease addresses all these issues and starts with the fast track. Association of hypertension and antihypertensive treatment with COVID-19 mortality, a retrospective observational study by Fei Li and colleagues from China. They investigated whether the treatment of hypertension, especially with renin-angiotensin-aldosterone system, or RAS inhibitors, as suggested initially, would influence the mortality of all patients with COVID-19 infections admitted to the Hussein Shan Hospital in Wuhan, China. This hospital was designed only for treating COVID-19 and opened on February 5, 2020. Hypertension and its treatment were stratified according to the medical history or medications prior to infection. Among 2,877 patients, 29.5% had history of hypertension. After adjustment for confounders, patients with hypertension had a twofold increased relative mortality risk compared to those without hypertension. Patients with a history of hypertension, but without any hypertensive treatment, had an even higher risk of mortality compared to those with treatment with a hazard ratio of 2.17. One quarter of the patients were treated with at least one RAS inhibitor, while the rest received beta blockers, calcium antagonists or diuretics. In those on RAS inhibitors, mortality was numerically low, but didn't reach significance. Thus, in this largest cohort published so far on that issue, hypertension appears independently associated with mortality from COVID-19. Furthermore, these data do not support the hypothesis that RAS inhibitors worsen outcomes among persons with this infection. These important findings are put into context in the debate on the role of ACE2 and COVID-19 in a thoughtful editorial by Luis Ruiz Lope from the Hospital Doce de Octobre in Madrid, Spain. Troponins are known risk factors for the outcome in patients with acute coronary syndromes, heart failure, valvular heart disease, pulmonary embolism and even normal individuals. As such, it was important to study this aspect also in patients with COVID-19 infection. In their article, Characteristics and Clinical Significance of Myocardial Injury in Patients with Severe Coronavirus Disease 2019, Yang and colleagues from the Wuhan University Renmin Hospital in China investigated this aspect in 671 patients with severe COVID-19 infection. Of those, 9.2% died. These patients had more comorbidities and more commonly myocardial injury, i.e. 75.8% versus 9.9% than survivors did. 
The area under the receiver operator characteristic curve of high sensitivity cardiac troponin 1 for in hospital mortality was 0.92. The optimal cutoff point, i.e., greater than 0.026 nanograms per milliliter and high levels of high sensitivity cardiac troponin 1, predicted in hospital death with a hazard ratio of 4.56 and 1.25 respectively. In multivariable logistic regression, older age comorbidities such as hypertension, coronary artery disease, chronic renal failure and chronic obstructive pulmonary disease and high levels of C-reactive protein were predictors of myocardial injury. Thus, risk of in-hospital death among patients with severe COVID-19 is predictable by markers of myocardial injury, which were associated with an inflammatory response and cardiovascular comorbidities. These clinically important findings are accompanied by an editorial by Hugo Katos and colleagues from the University Hospital in Heidelberg, Germany. Finally, the COVID-19 pandemic not only affected those with the infection, but cardiac patients at large. It appears that the recommendation of government agencies to stay at home most likely deterred cardiac patients from visiting a hospital when acute symptoms occurred, as outlined in the article, Reduction of Hospitalization for Myocardial Infarction in Italy in the COVID-19 Era, authored by Ciro Indolfi from the Division of Cardiology in Magna Grecia University at Catanzaro, Italy, and colleagues from the Societe Italiana di Cardiologia and the CCU Academy Investigator Group. They conducted a multi-centre observational nationwide survey on admissions for acute myocardial infarction at Italian intensive cardiac care units during a one-week period during the COVID-19 outbreak compared to the equivalent week in 2019. They observed a 48.5% reduction in admissions compared to the equivalent week in 2019. The reduction was significant for both STEMI admission with a 26.5% reduction and NSTEMI with a 65.4% reduction. Among STEMIs, the reduction was greater for women with 41.2% than men with 17.8%. A similar reduction for acute myocardial infarction admission was registered in North Italy, 52.1%, Central Italy, 59.3%, and surprisingly also Southern Italy, 52.1%, where less COVID-19 cases were observed. Thus, the COVID-19 pandemic has led to a significant collateral damage even in non-COVID-19 patients with cardiac disease. As outlined, a thoughtful editorial by M. Chadi Alres from the Wayne State University in Washington, D.C., USA, the causes may be multifactorial and may be related to the fact that patients may have been afraid to visit hospital during the pandemic or less plaque ruptures occurred due to the standstill of life during lockdown. Finally, a comprehensive review entitled COVID-19 from Epidemiology to Treatment Jose Miro and colleagues from the hospital clinic IDI-BAPS in Barcelona, Spain, remind us that cardiologists and cardiovascular surgeons must be aware now of virus infections in their patients and on their impact in general. Health workers should be educated and trained to tackle the enormous challenge posed by SARS-CoV-2 and other viruses in wards, operating theatres, ICUs and cardiocatheterization laboratories. This review provides the necessary knowledge about COVID-19 and focuses on relevant aspects on prevention and management for specialists within the cardiovascular field. As much as patients and clinical services suffered from the COVID-19 pandemic, so did research and running clinical trials in particular. 
Indeed, in most countries, any running protocols were stopped, which impacted on the recruitment, follow-up, and eventually the integrity, safety, and results of such trials. This issue is discussed in the current opinion article, Conducting Clinical Trials in Heart Failure During and After the COVID-19 Pandemic, an expert consensus position paper from the Heart Failure Association, HFA, of the European Society of Cardiology, ESC, by Stefan Anker from the Charité in Berlin, Germany. For heart failure trials, COVID-19 may be particularly impactful as patients with heart failure are likely to be at greater risk of infection with COVID-19 and the consequences might also be more serious. Furthermore, they are also at risk from adverse outcomes if their clinical care is compromised. They note that as physicians and clinical trialists, it's our moral and ethical duty to ensure safe and effective care is delivered to trial participants without affecting the integrity of the trial. Many regulatory authorities from different world regions have issued guidance statements regarding the conduct of clinical trials during this COVID-19 crisis. However, international trials may benefit from expert guidance from a global panel of experts to supplement local advice and regulations, thereby enhancing the safety of participants and the integrity of the trial. Accordingly, the Heart Failure Association of the European Society of Cardiology conducted web-based meetings with clinical trialists in Europe, North America, South America, Australia and Asia. In this article, the authors highlight the challenges this pandemic poses for the conduct of clinical trials in heart failure and to offer advice on how they might be overcome, with some practical examples. While this panel of experts are focused on heart failure clinical trials, these discussions and recommendations may apply to clinical trials in other therapeutic areas. The issue is further complemented by discussion forum contributions. In a contribution entitled, Clinically Suspected Myocarditis in the Course of Coronavirus Infection, Krzysztof Oziranski and colleagues from the Warszawski Universitet Medicine in Poland comment on the recent article, Coronavirus Fulminant Myocarditis, Saved with Glucocorticoid and Human Immunoglobulin, by Yuang Fang and colleagues from the Sichuan University West China Hospital in China. Fang et al. respond to Zoransky in a separate contribution. In another contribution, Fulminant Myocarditis in the Time of Coronavirus, Vittoria Cuomo and colleagues from the Università degli Studi di Napoli Frederico Duo Dipartimento di Medicina Clinica e Chirurgia in Italy also comment on the same article by Fang et al. Fang et al. respond to this contribution as well. In a contribution entitled, Does SARS-CoV-2 Cause Viral Myocarditis in COVID-19 Patients? Ruihe Zhao from the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill in North Carolina, USA, comment on the recent publication, Acute Myocarditis Presenting as Reverse Takosubo Syndrome in Patients with SARS-CoV-2 Respiratory Infection, by Giovanni Peretto and colleagues from the IRCS San Rafael Hospital and Vita Salute University in Milan, Italy. Pareto et al. respond in a separate contribution. Finally, in a contribution entitled Renin-Angiotensin-Aldosterone System Dysregulation and Severe Acute Respiratory Syndrome Coronavirus 2, SARS-CoV-2, Infection. Tharathilankal John and colleagues from the Stellenbosch University Faculty of Medicine and Health Sciences in Belleville, South Africa, comment on the recent Viewpoint article, SARS-CoV-2. 
Should inhibitors of the renin-angiotensin system be withdrawn in patients with COVID-19? By Gabriella Kuster from the University Hospital Basel in Switzerland. Kuster et al. respond to the comments in a separate manuscript. The editors hope that this issue of the European Heart Journal will find the interest of its listeners.